Welcome to Muma the Puma the podcast, a podcast that looks at everything Generation X by someone who's Generation X. We'll talk about things from the 70s, 80s, and right up to today. So sit back and enjoy. Hello, hello, and happy July. As you can tell, I am back to podcasting after a extended break, which I actually wasn't intending on taking, but you know, things happen and I have not been able to get on this in a long time. But here I am and I am ready to share my thoughts with all of you about all the pop culture and entertainment news and really anything. Now, for those of you who were wondering where I disappeared to, really it was just time management that got the best of me. And for the longest time I felt doing this podcast that I would have to write scripts and write a story that I wanted to stick to when I did my podcast. But honestly, I feel that I am best when I can just grab this mic and talk about how I feel about certain things So for those of you who follow me on my Instagram profile, I posted on my stories yesterday what you would like me to talk about in this episode. And you had to decide between Meghan McCain leaving The View or the whole Britney Spears and Free Britney movement. And I was actually surprised to see the overwhelming majority want me to talk about Britney Spears, which is interesting because those who know me know I am not a Britney fan and I'm definitely a fan of The View. So um, I guess you want to hear my take on the whole Britney Spears and the free Britney and her conservatorship and all that stuff. So I will definitely talk about that, but I am also going to talk about how I feel about Meghan McCain leaving The View because that left me extremely happy this week. Okay, here goes. This whole Britney Spears free Britney movement has really taken hold, especially in the last week, week and a half, with her shocking and insane revelations that she said to a judge in Los Angeles about basically being held against her will, essentially, and what a lot of people would say that she was trafficked and made to do things against her will, made to go on medication that she didn't want to, that basically her whole family has controlled her whole finances and her life. The most shocking revelation that really got all the headlines was that she is forced to have an IUD that a doctor cannot remove and she's not allowed to have children or another child that she wants to have with her boyfriend. That was definitely the one that grabbed the biggest headline and seemed to be the most shocking. So before I get into all of that, I need to sort of talk about why I'm not actually a Britney Spears fan. I know people who know me will probably be surprised at that because I tend to like all of her music and, you know, I think her songs are catchy and I have downloaded her stuff. I have her CDs of her music. But the reason why I'm not really a Britney Spears fan goes back years ago to when I was lucky enough to be able, for various reasons, to have seen her live more than a handful of times. Probably, I think, three of her tours I was able to see live. And I'll never forget the one tour I saw years ago. This was before all of this happened. She probably was even dating Justin Timberlake at that point. I don't even remember. But I do remember having 
being able to see her, her sound check. And the job I was in at that time, I was actually able to see a lot of major artists do a sound check. And I have a lot of great stories that probably I will share over the next little while about all the great artists that I have seen and how they prepare for shows. The reason why Britney Spears' sound check always stood out to me and I always remember it and I always sort of joke about it is it was a complete one hour sound check with all her songs and they went through the whole lineup everything the dancers were there the instruments were there the video screens were there she was not there so it became very clear watching this sound check that the entire 100% show was going to be completely lip-synced because Britney Spears wasn't even on stage for her own sound check. So that is the one thing I always remember. Now, I don't want to argue about artists whose lip sync. We all know every, most artists do. And that's not the argument I'm getting at here. What I thought was strange was she didn't even show up for her own lip syncing sound check. But anyways, the show went off. I don't remember the name of the tour, but it was the one at the end where all the water fell on her at the very end of the tour. That was the show that she didn't show up for her sound check for. Fast forward to, I don't know, maybe 10 years later, she's had her breakdown. She has the conservatorship. I was able to sit fairly close to the stage for the Femme Fatale tour, which probably was, I don't know, six years ago. I can't remember offhand, but it was right after her whole, um, 2008 mess where she shaved her head and, and she had all those issues. No word of a lie, I sat and watched this show, I don't know, five feet, ten feet from the stage, I can't remember, but fairly close to the stage. And I was able to see things that probably people in the seats further back wouldn't notice or they really didn't show on the video screen. And that, it, that was, for the most part of, of the tour, of this particular tour, when she was lip syncing, because everyone knows she was lip syncing, she didn't even move her mouth at times. Or she would be counting her dance steps and singing instead of lip syncing the chorus to her song. So I remember after the end of the show, I said to a friend uh, who was also at the show, I don't know about you, but I think Britney Spears is kind of out of it. She looked like she was contractually obligated to be there. I would have bet a thousand dollars if I asked her what city she was in, she would have no idea what city it was. She was counting her dance steps instead of singing, like I mentioned. There were times where her microphone was on top of her forehead instead of near her mouth. There were times where she didn't even have a mic. There were times where I could see like her makeup and her eyelashes were, were, were smearing and falling off. There were times where, like I mentioned earlier, she didn't even open her mouth. Like she didn't even attempt to try and pretend she was singing. It was like the gig was up. Everyone knew she didn't really want to be there and she was just going through the motions. Why this bothered me so much was people paid hundreds of dollars to see this show. And I just remember thinking I didn't pay this money. I was able to see it because of other reasons, but I just remember people paid like $200 for these seats, similar seats that I was sitting in, 200, $250. And if you're paying that, I know you're a Britney fan, and I know you probably know that she's, you're not there for her vocals, which is fine. There's a lot of artists that I love that really are terrible singers. But, like, at least give you great dancing. At least pretend you're lip syncing. 
Um, she, like I said earlier, she looked right out of it. So when people go on and on about Britney, I just don't get it because I've seen her live, like I said, probably three, four times in my life. And every time it got progressively worse. And, you know, I just thought that this is a woman, like she's made her money and go live your life because you're not really, you're not doing it for me live. Now, I know there are all the Britney stands out there and everyone loves her and I get it. She had good music in the 90s and the early 2000s and it's good to have on your phone and listen to, but I'm talking live. She really, it looked like she was kind of done with all of it. It was very clear she was done with all of it. So fast forward to now, um, in today's world, in today and everything that's going on, it kind of all makes sense how terrible that tour was that I saw. And I also had heard rumors the last tour that she did a couple, I guess, two years ago, she did a really small tour in the U.S., that it was the same sort of thing, that she was out of it, she didn't want to be doing it, she had no idea, she forgot dance steps, she was just like not there for it. We now learned in that phone call from a couple week, from about a week ago that she was forced to do that tour and that she didn't want to be doing it. So it almost kind of makes sense. The stuff that I was feeling at the last tour kind of shows that, yeah, she was not in her right mind, like or not necessarily in her right mind, but not in the full capacity that she should be. So I, like everyone else, watched the documentary Framing Britney Spears that the New York Times did. I think it came out in... March or April, I can't really remember offhand, but um, it had a lot of hype around it and I really wanted to see what the deal was with her and this conservatorship that had been going on for years, 13 years, and I had heard some rumors that she was still sort of, she can't own a cell phone, she can't have certain people around her. They kind of control her and stuff. So I was expecting to see a lot of that in the documentary. And I remember watching this documentary thinking, yeah, I don't get it. Because the New York Times lost me when they went on with all these, like, people that look at her Instagram and analyze everything she's looking at um, on her Instagram and writing and actually doing podcasts, uh, analyzing every single Instagram post that she puts out there and all her dance moves and really reading into everything. And these people that go out and protest outside the court, which these aren't kids either. These are grown adults. And the whole time I kept watching it thinking, what do these people do for a living that they can take days and days off of work and go protest outside of a court for someone that they don't even know and probably she will never know them or never want to know them. It just, it seemed to me that they kind of lost me. That whole documentary lost me when they spent so much time on these fans, these super fans and their conspiracy theories around everything that she posts. I just thought that it didn't really sometimes live up to the facts or the facts were very loosely presented. One of the things that kept bugging me, and I know this is probably not going to be a, this is a controversial opinion I have, and probably people listening to this will completely disagree with me, and, and that's completely fine. I know there's a lot of Justin Timberlake haters out there. I personally like him. 
I don't maybe like him as a person, but going back to how I saw Britney Spears live, I've seen Justin Timberlake live several times, and he's a fantastic performer. But besides that, I like his music. I may not like him, but I like his music too. And I don't really take a lot of, you know, what Twitter says about Justin Timberlake seriously. But anyways, where I'm going with this is I really don't think he should be blamed for her downfall. They were teenagers. I don't know. Things happened. She cheated. He cheated. Who knows? They were 20. They were 19, 20. And to be quite honest, her downfall and her issues happened way after he was out of the picture. Like she was two kids and a husband out of it. Like, I think he may have already, he may have still been dating Cameron Diaz at this point. I don't even know, but it just seemed like, can you let Justin go from this? Because sure they had a bad breakup when they were 18, but like she's moved on. He's moved on. Now she's having her issues. It has really nothing to do with him. So anyways, that's my, that's all my piece I have to say about him. So I wasn't overly impressed with this documentary. I thought it was a lot of hype and it didn't really do anything to convince me that she was being held captive. <laughs> I don't mean to, to laugh when I say that, but it just didn't convince me that there was anything, you know, scrupulous about what was going on with Britney Spears. So now fast forward to about a week and a half ago and Britney Spears, which I didn't even know was happening, was allowed to call in in California, Los Angeles, and speak to a judge about getting released from this conservatorship that Framing Britney Spears was essentially about and that she has been on for 13 years. Like I said, I didn't know this was happening until after basically my Twitter feed exploded with everything that was said on this call. So of course I had to look and, and listen to it. And I've actually listened to it a couple times. It's around well, 25 minutes, I guess. And it is bonkers what she alleges and what she talks about. It was actually more in that half hour than the hour and a half Framing Britney Spears documentary did. She is talking on the phone to a judge and for those of you who haven't heard it, she is talking quite quickly and she seems like she just wants to get everything out. And she sounds completely coherent. She doesn't sound at all like she is out of it. But some of the stuff that she says is crazy. I had mentioned earlier about how I had heard that there was a tour she did a couple years ago that she really was kind of out of it and not really into it. And sure enough, she brings that up saying that she was forced to do this tour and that if she didn't do that tour, she could be sued by the people making her do this, which is kind of, she would be sued. Like it would be, the, she's paying them. All the money involved is, is Britney's money. So it's just kind of weird that these people would even sue her. But she did this tour and then they told her that she had to do a new Vegas residency, which she also didn't want to do. And she talked about how she was forced to work 10 hour days and they made it sound like she wasn't interested in doing the show and she gave it her best. And she kind of walked away from that show because she just, she couldn't physically do it. She couldn't do it anymore. And then she goes on about how when she was rehearsing for this Vegas show, she has a nurse that comes in every day and brings in her 
medications every morning she takes her her daily medications wow she, she doesn't even take her own medication she has someone else bringing it to her and forcing her to take it then the next thing she talks about is her ses her sessions with her therapist and I use quotations around therapist because it sounds like he is being paid by her father and business manager and whoever to tell Brittany basically how bad she's doing and how she's not working hard enough and she's not uh, doing well rehearsing for this Vegas show, which I don't know what kind of therapist this is, but usually therapists don't side with the people that Brittany needs, that the person, the patient needs help from. It just seems bizarre. But along with that, the therapist then prescribes her lithium and tells her that she should go to some special rehab that was created for her at $60,000 a month for four months. And she has to attend meetings and do all the work 10 hours a day, seven days a week for this, these four months. And she goes off and talks a bit about that. But it's from there she really starts talking about her hatred for her father and how she wants her father to be legally charged. And really she kind of throws her whole entire family in this as well, saying that no one in her entire family helped her. Everyone was doing this against her. Her father sounds like he's a complete monster. Um, now, originally, 13 years ago, when everyone knows the issues that she had after she had her two kids, it seemed, from what I read and what I heard, was that her father was almost trying to protect her, protect her finances, protect um, her publishing rights, etc., because she was hanging around some really bizarre people. And she'd had two young kids at that point, and it made it sound like that's why her father and her family, essentially, were trying to protect her. Now it seems like they're just living the high life off of this woman. And it was crazy. And, you know, she used to be really close to her mother. I know that and her sister. But hearing this, she talks about how her mother is a monster and, you know, over COVID wouldn't let her basically leave the house. Yet her mother was going to these exclusive spas in Louisiana and getting her like manicures and pedicures and everything that massages that you'd get done at a spa where Britney Spears wasn't allowed to get her nails done for the, for over a year and that all her maids and everyone w were coming in all made up with nice nails and nice hair. And yet Britney Spears was not allowed to leave. And then one of the things that she really talked about was this psychiatrist or therapist. I'm not really sure what he, probably was a psychiatrist, Dr. Benson. And Dr. Benson was, he's di he died and Britney Spears fell to the ground and thank God that he died because she accuses him of abusing her, probably mentally abusing her and, you know, giving her awful, awful therapy. And while I keep listening to Britney Spears, I'm thinking this woman needs therapy after going through all this. It just was so insane. And then as she's wrapping up this 23, 24 minute call, she decides to drop the bombshell that she has an IUD in her and the people in her conservatorship will not let her go see a doctor to have it removed because she wants to have a baby. And then the call's done. It was like, she still is that artist where she knows where to do the mic drop at the end and leave everyone hanging. 
So it was a lot to take in when you that when you heard all this and I had actually re-listened to it because I couldn't believe how much she said in this half hour call. And clearly something needs to be re-looked at in this conservatorship. And as I've learned from reading the articles and seeing news pieces on it, apparently it's really hard to have someone come off of this conservatorship because they're usually created for people who have conditions that are never gonna change like dementia or Alzheimer's, that once you have it, you're never gonna get better. She seemed fine. And to be quite honest, if the whole reason they put her on this was because they wanted to protect her income and you know, the money that she was making, she's almost 40. If she wants to lose this money, if she wants to blow this money, if she wants to hang out with awful people and spend it on drugs and booze, who knows? It's her money now. Like, it's it's her money. She can do what she wants with it. So it's very interesting to see what is going to come of this. Again, I stated earlier that I am not a huge Britney fan. I'm still not a Britney fan. But I completely think that this woman needs to come off of this conservatorship. And I also kind of think she needs to come off of it so she can do a interview with Oprah and let all the secrets out because there is a lot more that is there to unravel in this whole 13 year ordeal that she probably didn't even get to in this half hour call to the judge. Since all of this has happened, it's also now I've read that there will be no more calls um, open to the public to hear about this. So as far as legally, this is all we're going to hear until a judge makes the final decision if she stays in it or, or gets out of it. But if she stays in it, we'll never hear why and we'll never apparently hear publicly, they'll hear it in the courts, but it'll be sealed, what was actually said. So I don't know. I actually think I can see Britney Spears maybe never performing again. If she is released from this conservatorship, I I mean, I can't see why she can't write a book now, a tell-all book now, or do an interview. But, I mean, if she can't go to a doctor to get something removed from her, I don't know. I don't think they'll let her do an interview with Oprah. But I don't know. I just, I think it's really interesting. And, yeah, I've, I've been converted to the free Britney side of the argument. And maybe it's because I kind of want to hear more of the gossip from it. But definitely I was not expecting that call to have as much revelations as it did. So there you go. There is my summary so far of this Free Britney movement. I'm sure there will be another podcast that I will say about this because I do know her sister now has come out and said that she is great friends with her sister and that she would do anything for Britney. This is Jamie Spears, Jamie Spears, the sister. Um, you know, but listening to Britney Spears, she hates her family. She hates her entire family. So I guess that would include her brother, her mother, definitely her father. I think, I think if her father was to drop dead tomorrow, she probably would not shed a tear. But yeah, it'll be interesting. So there you have it. This is my first podcast on something I just wanted to talk about. So that's all for this episode. My take on Meghan McCain and the drama at The View is going to have to wait for next week's episode. 
But I promise that will be a fun episode to do and to talk about my love of the view and my extreme dislike of Meghan McCain. So until next time, please follow me on Instagram at Muma the Puma podcast or on Twitter at Muma the Puma. And please subscribe to wherever you listen to podcasts.